So what should we be doing on election day other than voting? Abiding. Abiding. And what we should be, what should we be abiding in? Jesus. And how do we abide in Jesus? By loving Him. Reading His Word. And loving one another. Yeah, what did we read last week? How do we abide in him? Testimony, testimony, testimony. Yeah, and how do we abide in him? Uh. <laughs> how do we abide in him? In it, with his word. That's right, with his word. It's very simple. Okay, in fact, that's what you're going to see over and over again, is how do we abide in Christ, which is having a relationship with him? We do that by being in his word. That's why we're here. That's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're going to abide in his word. In fact, I said last week that his voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe the one who he, he has sent. Yeah, we search the scriptures and we don't see him because why? We don't have the word abiding in yes. us. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Pete, Pete said he wouldn't make it because he's not, they're, they're all sick. Okay. Alright. Well, good. So. Alright. Um. May I share a story? Did you already, did you already say a prayer? He did. Was, yeah. A little prayer. Yeah. So, amen. So we can continue. Alright. Yeah. May I share a little story? Yes. Um, speaking of. So Sarah and I went what hiking. What are we speaking of? Abiding. Okay. In his word. Good. Okay. There we go. Just make sure we're all <laughs> speaking his word. Um, so Sarah and I were on a hike for her birthday the other day uh, up in the canyon, and um, and uh, we get to we went, went for we went for a good it wasn't kooky long, but it was pretty pretty long. We went to the the length of this particular trail, and uh, I had my the backpack on with all our painting gear and everything, so um, we were going to paint out there somewhere. We got to the point where we wanted, she just was ready to stop and turn around and go back. And the sky had been probably 20 feet behind us for some period of time. And we, we were talking about, and um, we were talking about God and relationship and everything. And he, he this guy just stops where we stopped. And... And again, it's her birthday, and we've got a limited period of time to do these different things, and so, you know, we're kind of on the clock. And she, this guy just, he goes, oh, we're discussing stuff, figuring out, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, this guy's just going into his whole, like, you know, life theory. Human nature, and this and that, and the other thing. And and, and we're just sitting there going, okay, dude, well, that, this is interesting. And he's telling us how it is, and did 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 And it was so interesting for me, because it's like, wow, he's saying a lot of stuff that, like, a long time ago, like, I probably would have said. Just a whole bunch of kind of uncoordinated half-truths all meshed together to sort of make something that seemed like he could make sense of the world with, right? Politician, huh? <laughs> no, they, they have, like, a, an eight. But anyways... So, anyways, he's these guys all over the board, but he's really convicted and telling us how it is and everything. And and uh, there's only two ways, and it's you and me, and that's it. And then and I said, you know, there's there's. And finally, I just was like, there's another way, you know. And he's like, oh yeah, what's that? I yeah. said, it's called the kingdom of God. 
And he goes, oh, well, God, okay, now that's a whole other thing. I was touched by God once, and my life was totally ruined, and God touched me, and, well, pretty much solved all my problems. But I don't believe in God. And he just goes over to Sarah and I looked at each other and went, I'm like, dude, maybe you should. Maybe you should think back about that, how he touched you and like and all your problems are solved. This kind of he sounds... touched me, but I don't believe in him. That's really yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he he just kept trying to convince me that you know, and and I and it was so simple, it was so easy, so comfortable. I just 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 stand there, hold ground, and go and and be able to share scripture. And meanwhile, while this is going on, okay, so he's like you facing us, but he's really close here. What he can't see behind him is this humongous murder of crows suddenly appears right behind him. And it's just swirling around like mad, right? And it was like, and Sarah, Sarah saw, we were both looking at it, going, looking at each other, going, whoa. And, and we just kept the guy engaged until they dissipated. And then I, and then as he's walking away, I said, hey, would, would you mind if we said a prayer for you? And he goes, oh. and he's like, he goes, well, if it'll make you feel better. And I go, you know what, buddy? It, it really would. You'd be doing us a great, a great favor. It'd be awesome. And so we said a prayer for the guy and walked away. And actually, she brought it up today. And she goes, have you told the guys about that? And we haven't had the, that was like last Wednesday, I think. And, um, Thursday. And, uh, you just tell him about it. that was so so far out, and we were like thinking, like, I wonder what happened on him for the rest of. We prayed for the rest of his hike and so forth. So, is this like one of those wonderful are you, things? That are you he, saying that the murder of crows was uh, a, a force? Double. It sounds like it. Uh, it yeah, it was one of those. You know, like a dark force. Did you think it was? Um, it it was definitely something interesting that said there's there's again there's a, there's a battle being waged yeah sure here and and uh, it it was it was fascinating there was there was power yeah in in just being there and holding ground and being unwavering and confident and joyful and loving. And, and speaking Christ. And speaking the, speaking Christ, yeah, speaking just, the truth. Just exactly what you just said, yeah. That's right. All right. Anyway. Okay. Good, thank you. All right. Um, so speaking of speaking of Christ, <laughs> um, we're going to speak of Christ or learn what to speak of Christ by reading Christ. Oh, oh my God. Christ. Look at the you are a naughty Wait man. On. Hold on now. What are those? Is that oh, those Alex, or, those it's are, fried uh, chicken. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. I'm not even going to. I'm Ooh, oh, wow. Oh, my best friend. Oh, my best friend. That's ironic that you say that, Gil, based on what we're going to read. All right, so, with my mofo. Mofo, my baby woman. So, what chapter are we on? Six. Well, at least that's what you said to read. Yeah, that's what I said to read. All right. So, if you'll notice... um. 
anybody want to notice how long chapter 6 is? It's long. Well, Thank it's, you. It's 71 verses. It's long, yeah. Um, so one, one of the things I want us to think about is we're going to read all the way through chapter 6. And one of the questions I want us to think about as we read through is why is this so long? And what is it that, what is it that makes, now of course we know chapters are put in later, okay, but what, what is it about this section that sort of holds together? What, what, what is, yeah, what, what holds this section together? Okay, so for some reason we're starting at 6-1 and we're going to end you know, what was this? How many verses? Seventy-one. Seventy-one. So, what is it that's sort of holding this whole thing together? What is the sort of the theme to all of it? Okay, does that make sense? So, almost, I think that's what we're reading through. And what I like to do this time is: Does everyone have a pen? Anybody need a pen? I do. That will drop for them. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. How you got a pen? Thank you. Look at you. Need a pen? Yeah. All right. You have your um. You need a. Okay. All right. So as we read through, we're going to read in. I'll, I'll have us read in sort of like big sections. But what I want you to do is, as we're reading through, I want you to just, as you're listening to the other person read, I want you to just underline anything that stands out to you. Okay. So anything. All right, um, as, we're, as we're going through. Because this is so long, I thought this time we'd just go ahead and mark it, okay, as we're reading through. So something that just, like, again, stands out to you. And if you see something repeat, whatever it is, nothing, just anything that sort of stands out to you as we go through, all right? Um, so let's start. <clears throat> and we're going to read sort of big, big sections. Um, who wants to start? Anybody volunteers for starting? Okay, why don't you start, um, and why don't you read 6, 1 through 15. Okay. You were pointing at me, correct? Yep. Uh, right, right, very yes. good. Yes. <laughs> <No, sorry. laughs> For my peripheral shot. Here we go. Um, Jesus feeds the 5,000. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain. And there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread, so that these people may eat? Mm. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough to, for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. 
When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Is it 16? Yeah, go and read, yeah, go, um, go and read 15 then. Okay. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again uh-huh. to the mountain by himself. All right, who wants to read the next section? You'll? All right, so go ahead and read the walks on water from 16. Well, actually, why don't you read from 16 all the way... Well, that's a big section. All the way what? Um, Maybe to 31. Why do you say 31? Well, because Jesus gets going, talking at that point. Okay, that's fine. Let's do that. Why don't you read from 16 to 31? Okay. Jesus walks on water. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they rode about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the water, on the sea, and coming near the boat, and coming near the boat, and they they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. I uh, I am the bread of life. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you are, you, you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay. That's it. Yes, yeah, up there. All right, who wants to read next? Jason? Okay, why don't you read Jason 32 all the way to 59. 
Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. And the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to you, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose anything, excuse me, that I should lose nothing, (laughs) that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then departed among them, excuse me, the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give up, give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. 
Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Can you imagine? Who, um, you want to read the last section? Sure. So, 60 through 71. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? (laughs) But Jesus, knowing himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do not take offense at this. Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but they are... But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted him by, by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Wow. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus Jesus answered them, Did I choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, what struck you in that long passage we just read? read? Anything that stuck out to you? Well, I just wonder what people thought when he was talking about his flesh. And of course, that's has been a controversial passage mm-hmm. uh, for people who don't uh, believe in him. Or understand this symbology, mm-hmm. but I, I imagined what I'd be thinking if I was if I was standing there and heard that. Good, good, Jason, you're insane. Not kosher. <laughs> he is the kosher meat, yes. actually. Ah. Um, <laughs> He, um, well, what's interesting is, is what he just said in five, just prior to this, mm-hmm. right, too. So you have to take that into consideration. He basically just addressed the religious leaders and told them he was God. Mm-hmm. Like, definitively, singularly, God, right? So he just blew that whole deal, the roof off that thing, <laughs> and wisely went across the lake, Right? went across the sea to the other side where he performs miracles. The, the idea that they would go, show us a sign. It's like, dude, really? You guys serious? Didn't I just provide loaves and fishes for thousands of people here out of nothing? And yet... And what do they want? And they want mana! It's like, did I not just... So they just perform signs. more. What do they want more? Yeah, they want more. Don't more they? and they more. They want more. more. Yeah, but, but, and so, but it's a beautiful thing, because it's like, you're, you're using the example of literally food as being the thing that, that was the miracle that you... I, and I just did that. <clears throat> okay. So now that's a... That's a, that By design, of course. That's not the bread you want. 
right? So he performs this, this radical, unbelievable miracle that should have been enough, right, for, for everyone. Then he suddenly disappears. Everyone sees his disciples go off in the boat. Next thing you know, they go across the, the sea, and there he is. And his disciples see the guy coming, uh, walking up on the water in the middle of the storm. Hey guys, what's up? Jumps in there. By the way, the, the verbiage in that is almost, almost, almost verbatim what happens when he shows up after death. Almost the same interaction. But rather than saying, you know, don't be frightened, I'm here, he says, peace be with you. So, but their reaction is exactly the same. So, and again, how many times do I need to prove to you guys that I am I am not just a prophet. I am not just a teacher. I am something far beyond that. And then he gets in the boat and that and they are just time travel immediately to where that was when I read that earlier. I was like, I don't think I ever caught that. Yeah, do you guys ever so yeah. this is only so one one thing just to uh, realize is this is the only story that is that is shared across all four gospels. Okay, so every gospel has this story of the feeding of the 5,000. It's the only story that is seen in all four gospels. Do the four gospels have him walking on water? I don't know. No. I don't think so. It's the only, only this and, one. And one of the gospels has Peter walking out towards him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so the, the story has changed right. a little bit. But what you just said there, that is one thing that John brings out, which is, you know, we, th- we thought Star Trek. Right. You know, had it on time travel. Yeah. And beam me up, Scotty. It's right. like, no. I mean, it's just, just right there in scripture. Like the Tesseract. He just went, bam, there you are. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Right? And. That was, it, it is interesting you saying too about you see some parallels with the resurrection. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. And all those things are, are he's demonstrating to his disciples who are then, of course, going to teach us. Right? The, 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 the I am divine. And then, what, what do we, then he goes into this, as they push for more. He goes, you want more? I'll give you more. I'll, I'll give you enough to choke on. I'm going to give you such a hard truth to deal with, because what you should understand by now is that I am spirit and truth. And if you want to communicate and abide in me, you need to be communicating on that level. But you are still in the flesh. So when I say that you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, the more I become, I speak to you in terms of flesh, from your own perception, I'm going more in the spirit. I'm going higher and you're going lower. Right? So the truth will do one of two things. It will either draw you in or repel you. And this is exactly what he was trying to do in that moment. So you you disciples, this, this crowd <clears throat> that it wants to violently make me their king, I want to repel. I want to push them away. Because I need you guys to know who I am. <clears throat> so that the world will be saved. Alright, so good. Let me let me get some, some others. Okay, so who else? What else do you guys see in here? One kind of fun... Uh, what's your word? Chiasm? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what does that mean? Well, the, so the inclusio is like bookmarking, okay. you know, and chiasm is sort of the same thing, but chiasm has like a middle structure. Okay. Well, you told, you told us about that, and I uh-huh. think it's interesting that this 
chapter 71 passages long, and yeah. if you divide that in half, okay. you get 35 and a half. Okay. Go to mm-hmm. verse 35. Oh, okay. That's the theme of the chapter. Oh, very good, Tom. Yeah, all right. Excellent. Excellent. And like Jason was saying, and it's and it's hopefully where our discussion will go, because um, it's hard for us, for me anyway, to get my mind around it, that the bread is is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And and that's what th- throws all these people. Yeah. Because they take it literally. Mm-hmm. But what is his spiritual bread? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't conceive of it with my human head. What is your, what is the, what is the spiritual bread? Is that what you're saying? Okay, so let's hold that. That's a good, that's a good question. So, yeah, Eric. Um, I look at it as, um, the feeding the 5,000 is a metaphor giving them a physical manifestation of his power that they can understand so that when he talks about him being the bread of life, they may understand a little bit better. That's really good. So yeah, you see you see a connection why like why do you have the story of the feeding of the five thousand? And you see how this is connected, this chapter's part one, look at it. What what makes this chapter sort of whole? What holds it together? And you're picking up on some of that, which is that you have this miracle of the actual bread being fed, and then he goes and talks about, as what Tom just said, the spiritual the spiritual bread. bread. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And the significance of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, hold on. So I want to go get the others. So, others, what, what do you guys see as we're reading through here? What's, what's you know, it, to you? When you? When you read it, and I read John not that long ago, when you read, you know, about the blood, you know, drinking, you know, eating him, you know, drinking his blood, it is a hard saying. I mean, what the, so that's hard to understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing is, later on, you know, when he has all the disciples up in the upper room, and said, "This is this is my body," you know, "This is my blood." Uh-huh. It's the covenant. It's like the prequel to what's coming. Hmm. Hmm. So, like what Jason think, was talking about, sort of seeing the resurrection. Yeah, of it's kind of like, you know, huh. man, we don't understand this, and a lot of people leave. There's only twelve left. Yeah, and those twelve stuck out, stuck with it, and. Then witnessed, kind of like, oh, now I got what you were talking about. Yeah, good, good. Well, can yeah. you imagine what those guys, when they went to bed at night on a, on a rock out in the, what they must have thought and talked about? Yeah. What's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been great. What's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> I... I checked to see how wide the Sea of Galilee is. It's just over eight miles. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they were three to four miles from shore. Yeah. Right. So if they are at the widest point, they immediately went, when you just got in the boat, they went four miles or so. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's pretty, good. That's yeah, pretty that's crazy. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a long, it's a long, I've run across the whole Sea of Galilee. It's, yeah. it's a long 
Right, right. Yeah. Sort of like bigger than Lake Tahoe, but it reminds mm-hmm. me of Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're rowing. No, it's very proportional. Well, they're rowing or they might have sails. They might have, they have sails. Too, yeah. They probably had sails. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it would take a long time. So what about other, what did, what did you guys see as far as, I think something that, as we read through this? What stands out to me is like this whole bread of life concept that we could understand pretty easily now. There's a lot of teaching on it. Like, mm-hmm. you get it like, obviously, like the spirit working us through it. But something that seems critical to understanding it is when it says, do not work for the food that, in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. <clears throat> and it seems like that's like the prompting of like, hey, I'm going to tell you guys something totally different now. Mm-hmm. Or like putting myself in the shoes of the disciples <coughs> or whoever else is listening. I, I don't think he could... I think that's like what unlocks understanding the rest because it's like the it's like the heads up almost of what, what he's about to say. Yeah, it's interesting too, and then what does it say? Which is interesting here. For on him God the Father has set His seal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I didn't even know on him that's ever said anywhere else. Um, yeah. How about other? It is. It's said in Isaiah about the seal. Um, how about anybody else? He repeats himself in 35 and then again in 48. So from, oh. to Tom's point, in the, in the inclusio or so yeah. what's the other word, mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's that chiasm. significant chiasm? What's uh-huh. that significance, you know? So he repeats himself at the end? <clears throat> Excuse me. Where did you say he repeats himself? Oh, I'm sorry, 48. Yeah, 35 48. Yeah. He repeats himself like over and over and over. That part I read, it was all just the same exact thing being repeated. 100%. And that's really good you just saw that, yeah. In this instance, though, he's actually saying, I am the bread of life. Uh-huh. And then again, I am the bread of life. But then, yeah, 100%. He's saying that yeah. throughout. He's but just, saying with, with greater right. intensity and greater... To the point, again, that, that bread over a transition... Of statements goes from <coughs> bread and drink to flesh and blood. And not just, I am the, the, my body is the flesh that you will have. He's, you will have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right? It's, it, he does it in such a way that it's like, and you're not getting around it. And I'm going to throw something in your face that's so vulgar because you're going to, you, you guys aren't willing to switch into a mindset that is of, of the kingdom, which will get you to even consider the concept of eternal life. So did you guys notice Jason when he was reading? Did you guys notice anything about when Jason read his section? He was... Did he, did he, notice he what was happened? into it. Yeah, how do you, how'd you see that he was into it? He was stressing the eating of the flesh and the drinking. Uh-huh. Okay. And how else did you, do you guys, anybody else in listening, as Jason read his passage, what I know that I noticed something as he read. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. His uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Is there a laugh or something in there? Like a, a, a like you're very pleased in reading it? Uh, excited? Yeah. I thought I heard he something. got, he got much, I was watching him, he got his whole tone, he got more and more animated. Yeah. He got animated, sort of louder and more animated and more into it just by here reading it, which just goes along with what you just said. It's just like, it's almost like you could see this, 
unveiling unfold in the way Jason read it. Right. And you might not have even done that intentionally. It was just interesting listening to you. It just sort of go up and Yeah, the you. intensity went up and up. Yeah, and up. the intensity. And, and also the inflections and the um, getting into it, what was really being said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah. Can I say something? Go, go, sorry, real quick. Go back to the, no. um, walking on the water. It is in three uh-huh. of the four Gospels. It's in all of them except for Luke. There you go. Yeah, so I think I read that it was that literally is the only story that's in all four. So I've not really validated that myself. Um, Tom, you were going to say? Yeah. I, scorecard right here. I'm going to say something after Jason had finished, but I didn't want to interrupt the reading. I, I felt his, his reading, what you guys described physically what it was like, the inflection and the... But I felt like Jason knew the content, and he was, uh, and he believed it fully, and he was trying to, and he was expressing to his listeners to believe it with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was what I would yeah, say. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, yeah. Very perceptive. Uh, yeah, God. He also, uh, Jesus, when he was talking, he said "truly, truly" four times in this whole chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really trying to make sure that people were really, like, like say, I assure you that what I'm saying is, you know, he was really trying to make sure that they were listening. Mm-hmm. And 47 uh, summarizes the whole chapter when he's saying that whoever mm-hmm. believes in me has eternal life and I'm the bread of life. Yeah. One simple sentence. Yeah. Actually, you could just... Yeah, I mean, even 47, right there, that there's the gospel, right, in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Boom. That's drop. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he says, yeah. how, how many times does he say what he's going to do? Whoever eats of me will have eternal life, and I will, I will, I will raise him up on the last day. How many times does he say that? Four. Well, if you look at the whole, if you look at the chapter and Uh underlying things to be done, Uh it's like there's a line on every, you underline (laughs) a word on every line. But but that last sentence. Sent, believe, remain, go away, Uh into, uh, 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 Uh mm -hmm. so the whole chapter is instructions. These are things we're Doing, doing, right. doing, mm-hmm. doing, right. Yeah. Hold on, we're just going to go. ahead, Eric. Food and sustenance are essential to life. To what life? What? That's how yeah. he could get his message across. Mm-hmm. Once they understand that, that food is the essence of life, that he can carry them that I am the bread of life. And, and understand that without him, there is no life. It's yeah, what's his, what's what is the main two substances of of life that we need to have? Water, well, and, water and and air. and bre- bread. Yeah, I mean, obvi- and air, obviously. But you see, what does Jesus say? He is. He is the living water, and he is the bread, bread of life. Yeah, just like along with you were saying. So it's so. They can understand that. But they have to be able to get past that, too. That's the whole thing. But if you understand that when he says, I'm the bread, then they got to think, you know, that 
well, how do I eat that bread? And the only way I can do it. They gotta think. Exactly. That's how he teaches. I'm gonna throw something at you that's going to confound you right. in the flesh. But you have to think. And if you're not willing to think, then guess what? You can't be on the team. And when he feeds them, he really gets their attention. Yeah. yeah. But so when he, but when he yeah. says, uh-huh. you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, <laughs> there were hundreds of people here. <laughs> Thousands. How many stayed? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm not up for that. I'm out of here. You mean they were dubious. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to say, Gil? I was going to say, here we are in this room and we all absolutely accept this and mm-hmm. as and we're uh, 12 yeah we're 12 oh my gosh see. that's funny sorry go ahead but we have all have people in our lives and I say this because I've recently experienced it that won't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say, God, our dear Lord, Jesus, Holy Spirit, convict those people who who would not hear this and understand it. People we know who are, are desperate to know it, but make up their own rules. Please, Father, have mercy on those people. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Have mercy on us. And have mercy on us. Anyone else? It's um, anything else that we? Did you guys pick up on just? Yeah, David, I, you were. I don't think you were saying. Hey, um, I Why didn't he get on the boat with the, with the twelve? Did he have to say have to say behind to do something? Or, he, I mean, he was up on the mountain, preparing. Well, yeah, he had to, he had to leave flee because they were going to try to take him. Yeah, so he, he was, perceived he was, that. So he was worried about that, but when he got to the other side, the same people showed up on the other side, too. Mm-hmm. They all probably got out about that night or something. <laughs> got no, was, was there something he was trying to show by walking on the water? Yeah, uh, he was trying to demonstrate to the disciples that he was divine. Yeah. But look at this is I'm, I'm not just a guy, right? Yeah, I just fed thousands of people, okay? If, but just to make sure you guys get it. Right? I'm going to walk on water, then I'm going to get in the boat, and then I'm going to time travel us real quick for four miles the other direction. Okay? And then, when I'm there, I know that all those people are going to show up, and they're going to go, what did did you How did you get there so fast? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question, though, I think. I, I... The whole idea of the walking on the water is a little unique in this passage. I mean, we're seeing, what, what are, what's the theme we've sort of seen across this whole passage? I mean, Eric's mentioned it, you guys have mentioned it, but what's the sort of like overall, like, theme? Nourishment. It's what? Nourishment. Nourishment. Bread of life, right? And again. It's sort of interesting that the, that the walking on water is sort of like inserted in there and it's almost like, where, where does this fit? But it's a time when he's moving from one place to another that that, that happens. He's, so. he's, he's teaching what nourishment, in fact, is, though. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. He's trying to, to get them, the disciples in particular, over that hump. Mm-hmm. Right? So, again, hey, i got these 5,000 people. They can make me king. Guess what? I don't want that. 
you guys are the ones that are important to me. You're the ones that need to understand this. This I did all this for your benefit, so you would get it. And all the while, I know one of you is going to betray me, and I already know who he is, because I need him to do that. Right? He's telling the story, and then again, this, this is a precursor to crucifixion and the resurrection. You will have to... I mean, oh, by the way, the whole time he's saying all these things about having to eat, and he's speaking to the, to the masses, he's also saying, by the way, none of you will come to me except through the Father. I.e., you guys aren't going to get this because you don't get the Father. And if you don't know the Father, you won't be sent to me. So, see you later. Yeah, so Eric, yeah. What occurs to me is, is that all the things that he does speaks the fact that I'm not limited by any rules that you understand. Right. I'm above anything, right. all, all the rules that you guys live by. I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I do what my father wants. The very fact well, that, that he too, does yeah. those miracles shows his his omnipotence and the fact that he is God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that conflicts with their limited world and, and that gets their attention because none of us can do any of that. And it's it's got to be something else. Mm-hmm. All right. So, question for you. So, remember how we talked about this out the week about we just said a minute ago the chiasm, right? I was talking about an inclusio. I was saying you know you start out with like a you know like this, right? And you have something in between, and you were just talking about the chiasm in between. So, m- many times in an inclusio, the beginning of a section and the end of the section are similar. Okay. So sometimes maybe even it's almost the same things that are said, same words or something. Alright. Sometimes there's a contrast. So what starts here is contrast as to how it ends. Okay? So I want to ask you guys, and I'll just say, this is a contrast in chapter 6. How it starts, and how it's starting, I'm not just talking about the first sentence or anything, I'm just saying that first, very, how it begins is contrasted with how it ends. Do you guys have any thoughts as to what is that contrast? You guys have already said some of it, but so if you look at what happens at the beginning and what is said in the first section, and then what happens at the end. What's sort of the contrast? Well, it's what Eric was talking about. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you. And I'm also going to feed you. So before, okay. But so before he even feeds them, what happens? Think about how it starts. There was a large crowd in the beginning, and there was 12 in the end. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, okay. Very, okay. missed that one. No, that's, yeah, that's good. So there's a large crowd at the beginning, and there's not very many at the end. What is it that gets contrasted then? So, large crowd. It's even down to one in the end. Right? <laughs> well, can I tweak that a little bit? Because uh-huh. it says yeah. about their large crowd. Um, he was on the mountain with his disciples. Yes, okay. So he's the 12 is the start off. And All right. He looked up, then he saw a great company coming to him. Mm-hmm. So it started with the 12. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and then I think you're saying he, it ends with the twelve, and, and, and he talks about Judas. Yeah. Anybody else see anything? What were you going to say, to that, Mike? No, I was just going to say he, he's actually narrowing it down even to one, to, to Simon Iscariot, right? Oh, by the one, okay. Right the, the one who, yeah. what? Who's going, to, who's going to betray him. Betrays him. him. Right. Okay. All right, there's another good contrast. That's another good one. Start with a lot of people, and then, there you go. So, what ends up happening, so I want you to take a look at six. Notice how this begins. So, we start in six one. you got the crowd, the Tiberius, large crowds following him. With his disciples, Passover feast comes, and then notice what happens in number five. Lifting up his eyes, this is page 34, verse five. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus says to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And why does Jesus ask that question? Well, he's leading up to what what he's eventually going to talk about in terms of him being the bread of life. Okay. Um, Why does he ask Philip, where are we to buy bread that these people may eat? He's trying to mature his disciple. Okay. Says in verse (laughs) 6. Very good talk. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Look at what it says. I was waiting for someone to do that. Good job. It's The answer is in verse 6. Why mm-hmm. does he ask him that? Because he knew what he was going to do. To test him. Why does Jesus test him? In the King him? James it says to prove him. To prove him. Okay. So why Can is say he... say something t- on that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there's a difference between test and proof. Okay. Test means you may pass, you may fail. Proving means I know what you're going to do, and it's, you're going to succeed. Hmm. Okay. Prove. All right. Hmm. So, so at the beginning, he is asking Philip a question because he's going to test him. How does that test end up at the end? Why does Jesus test us? You ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of Jesus testing us? He's Lord testing Philip here. So what? Help my unbelief. Help. Okay. Yeah. Good. Help my unbelief. Why does he test us? So we trust him. So we trust him. And All so right. So that ultimately he can trust us. Character building. Character building. All right. Good. Overcome our sin nature. Uh huh. This is pretty abstract, but going up to the proof uh-huh. word. He tests us to so that we are aware that we are his. Okay. Uh huh. Proving he knew Philip would. Prove. Yeah, yeah, it says that right. He knew, right? And but Philip didn't know. Right. So I, you could say our tests in our life are to show us that we are approved yes. of God. Oh, good. Appro- okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah, approved by God. Good. And when do we need him most? When we're tested. That's right. So the word, so the word test here, in Greek, there's, it's actually obviously a Greek word, okay, that's used for test, whatever that word appears. 
is called parasio, but it's a Greek word that says test. Anybody else? I mean, his translation um, is translated to prove, but just saying with test for a moment, anybody else know what this word is translated as other than test most in the New Testament? So in the New Testament, this word is used a lot. It is used test. The Greek word is parazio. P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. So this specific word is used for test, but this specific word is used for another word. To remove doubt. No. It is the exact same word that is tempt. 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 So... This word for testing is the exact same word that's also used in the New Testament for tempting. It is not a temptation. Why is this happening? Yeah, so when Jesus, so if you guys, if you guys take a look so at... So it's lead us not into testation. <laughs> but it's actually not. Right. But it's actually not. It's lead, do not lead us into temptation is a correct, is a correct translation. If you say it's synonymous with test, you could say, do not lead us into testation. Don't let us be tested. Yeah. So what is the difference between why we would translate it tempt versus why we would translate the same word test? This has a lot to do with our faith. <laughs> a whole lot. Why does it get translated test sometimes, and other times it gets translated tempt? It has to be a context issue. It is a context issue. So what is the context? It's refining, like, so that we understand. Does Jesus test us? No. Yes. Jesus test us. No, yes. You just got it right. You didn't listen. Does Jesus test us? Yes, he does. Does Jesus tempt us? No. No, no he does not. Same Greek we word. Okay. <laughs> Should it be? That deserves yes, it a cookie. That's <laughs> yeah. the one be. I wanted. <laughs> because. You're what, tempted. So if I, Wait, who just got tempted here? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now with that well, is test. got tempted. Was that a test? <laughs> no, this is tempting. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't know I was a tipper. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, great. Actually, this is Tipper or and tipper how is the difference between that, what's happening right now, either a test or a temptation? How do I know the difference? It's a draw. You think How do it. I know the difference of when I'm supposed to eat that cookie? Do I know if it's a test or if it's a temptation? If it does some kind of evil, it's probably not good. It's probably what? A temptation. A temptation. Yeah. Excellent. If it's going to lead me to evil by the Lord's Prayer, if it's going to lead me to evil, if it's going to lead me to sin, it will always be translated as attempt. Because God never, what does James say? Tempts anybody. 
Alright. So the Lord's Prayer is kind of inaccurate. No, the Lord's Prayer is actually accurate. No, I could see how it would be accurate if it says, do not let lead us, us not be led. Do not let us be led into temptation. Yeah. But it says, lead us not in temptation. We're talking to, to, to God. Lead. And we're saying, please don't lead me into temptation. <laughs> yeah, I never and he's saying, I, I can't tempt. Why do you say that? Well, yeah. you just, you're the guy that wrote the prayer. Good, going, good, good. So how about, good. how about do not let us be led? When I pray the Lord's Prayer, I put be in there. Because mm. it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And do that's probably... Us, do not let us be led into temptation. To temptation. Yeah. Because who would lead us into temptation? Satan. Satan. Very good. Very good. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. evil. See the con- context there? Those two to go together. All right. Ooh, I can feel the rain. Coming You've in. Been anointed. Uh, yeah, yeah, sprinkle. I'm being sprinkled. <laughs> so do you, do you see, guys, see, this is a really important difference, is how do I, people will say, well, God's testing me, or God's tempting me. God does not tempt you. You can always know what it is by where it, and which means you can take the same circumstance and you can either use it, you can sort of decide, is this something going to test my faith, or is this something that I'm going to be tempted to go into sin? Anything that comes up to you and approaches you, you can look at it and say, what's happening here? So, so yeah. to the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. This is a big deal to me, that, that concept, right? And it's the Lord's Prayer. Is it not right? Lead us not to do temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I could look at a situation, right? And I like how he translates it, actually. It's probably a good way of thinking about it. Maybe, but maybe not. Again, lead lead us not to do temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, so there could be a situation where it all teeters on the way you go. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You're given a situation, you get to choose. Which way do I go on it? One way will lead you to good, and the other one will lead you to evil. Okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But who is presenting it? Okay? I've been presented with many things by God, very directly. Now it's up to you, son, to decide. Is this a temptation or is this a test? Or are you going to take whatever's before you and use well, it? Well, no, no, no. Yeah. You have two. You have two choices. This is a temptation or it's a test. If you choose to go on the test, it's good. Uh-huh. If you choose it right. to go on the temptation, it's evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I meet it as a test and I. Win. Then it's good. If I fail, it's a temptation that I have lost to, and it's evil. Mm-hmm. There's a third alternative. Uh-oh. The devil made me do it. Right. So, <laughs> speaking, okay, so, so speaking of that, yeah. So, uh-huh. okay, <laughs> we get to choose, in many cases, is this a test or a temptation? That's what I... Exactly. Well, probably they both lead to the same place eventually. Mm, because when we're tempted, no, we may... No. Well, when we're tempted, we 
if we are Christ's, we will learn from it. So, right. Okay. So, yes, it's a test. I'm, I shouldn't have done that. But. No, that would have been a tem- temptation. Yeah. You succumb to temptation at that point. Yeah, so if you say what the result is, then. The result, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you're, if, just what I'm saying, mm-hmm. I may be wrong, but whichever way we go, eventually, it's going to, if we're Christians, it's eventually going to take us to the place where we either overcome it again, or, or we pass it immediately, or down the line. Uh-huh, okay. If your intention is to grow. If your intention is and, to grow. And, and not to keep yeah, repeating the same about, mistake. Yeah, I, I'm talking about a person who's a, who's a committed Christian. Right. So, so, then, so, so then that person is going to grow. So a temptation might be put in front of you. Well, God's going to use it all to, to, to you know, your good, ultimately. But again, the point, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that this idea is, is it, who... God is presenting it. So, in the Lord's Prayer, for example, it's it's the lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You can test me, but don't let it be a temptation for me. Right? Because if I succumb, then it is a temptation. If I take it as a test and I win, do that. Cool. I'm good with that. Test me, test me, test me. Sharpen me, harden me. Don't let me succumb. Don't let me be tempted. You see? It might be a good idea to give a real world example. Yeah. Um, well, let's, okay, so I want to go, let's, let, I want you guys to turn to Matthew 4. We're going to look at some biblical examples. Um, which is another we're aspect we're of what we're talking about. Again? We're looking at examples of what? We're talking about tempting and temptation. Okay. okay. Testing. Testing. Test, sorry. Testing and temptation. <laughs> Um, which, what are we looking at? Matthew 4. Um, okay. So I want you to notice in Matthew, let me go, so in Matthew, well, yeah, Matthew 4. So, remember I told you about that, this one word, okay? That will be translated to, right. And, or test. So it says in verse, in chapter 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Where are you and, reading? Hmm? For what? For what? For what? Okay. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. That's the same word as test, but to be tempted by the devil. The devil. How do we know that it's temptation? It's because it's by the devil. Devil. All right. So you guys see that? So that's another way of also temptations come from these darks. Hold, 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 dark hold on, hold right? on, hold on. What did you just? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, Spirit into the right. Okay, into okay. the wilderness. Right. To be tempted. That's right. Okay. Right. Oh, the to, Spirit was that's tempting right. him. That's right. That, well, so the Spirit's who, not tempting no, him. He's, he's allowing, allowing he's instructing him. Yeah. He's, allowing, he's, he's that's leading right. him, him into temptation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why this is important. It sounds like we're like spitting lines here, but this is really important to try to get the difference, to recognize the difference between the two. So, 
Then it says, notice what it says. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> All right, you don't be hungry too, unless David is here because he will always bring yeah, food for us. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. that reminds me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and now, this is interesting. And the, who? The tempter. The tempter. That Ooh. is the same word as test, again, which is now tempt, is now being given as a name of who Satan is. He is not just one who tempts us. He is the tempter. Okay? All right, so you guys notice that there? Okay, so, and then you can see what happens. Cain comes to Jesus and says, if you are, and that's a good way to know if it's, that's one good thing to know what's coming from it. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Okay. So you see he's going to, what, what is, what is the tempter trying to do to Jesus? What's the tempter going to try to do? He, he wants him to succeed. seek the bait. Succeed yeah. at what? And the temptation for him to step out of. Yeah, step out of, keep going, finish he wants that. Him to see finish that thought. Step out of his character. <laughs> yeah. He wants him to sin. Yeah. yeah. He wants him to sin. Yeah. Which would be, in this case, what would Jesus have done that would have been sin in this case? To turn rocks into life. Yeah, the right. world. Or do all these other ones that he goes, we have to go through a different yeah. test here. Okay. Um you want to something there? Yes. Uh-huh. It's just to throw it out. If you wanted Jesus to succumb to the flesh. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And he was... He, he, his spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's actually one of the big things that Satan is always going to try to do is to get you to succumb to your flesh and not live by the spirit. spirit. So what, so in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. Okay. The spirit led Christ to Satan in order to be tempted. I kind of agree with you. So what Christ is saying in that prayer for instruction, please don't lead me to the devil. Let's just avoid that altogether. Keep me away from the devil. Yeah, keep, right. let's stay well clear of that yeah. deal. Yeah. But um, that started right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a perfect place and here's, a, here's this big snake. <laughs> yeah. And the snake, and what's interesting, so that's good about who are you going to lead me to? Because in Genesis, what ends up happening, the snake is there, which we find out later in the New Testament is Satan. And who else is there? Adam. And who else? God. His wife. And who else? God. God. Right. Everyone forgets in this situation, in the garden, getting crowded. is all four. Yeah. Right? God was AWOL. And, well... He wasn't AWOL. No, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, he, he, Omnipresent. But the, safe, the serpent comes and starts to try to talk to the woman. And she ends up, what, having a conversation with Satan. <laughs> Satan the tempter, tempted. The deceiver. And if nothing else, even if she went with the first sentence and, and Satan says what to her? Surely you will not die. Yeah, but before is even it, that is was... That, is that really what he said? That, that's right. That, that, that's he actually... Makes her, he makes her second-guess herself. Right. Did he really Did say? God really say? 
Think about why why are we why are we doing this? God sir listening to Trust, us. faith. Yeah, God's listening to us. So, yeah. so we believe. <laughs> right. It all starts I mean that's where all sin starts. If you guys think about the sin you do in your life, it always starts with do you really believe what God's word said? Mm-hmm. Did God really say? Because we want to put our blind around and say no, he doesn't really say that. He didn't really mean that. This is just metaphorical. <laughs> just Whatever words. it is, okay? Yeah. Eric, you were going to say something? Uh, it occurs to me that um, the last two sermons by Jeff is beginning a whole sequence on wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is what we're talking about, to being able to recognize when we're tempted. Okay? Uh, that's part of it, yeah. And so how can you be successful... If you have wisdom, and there's only one way, and that's through personal discipline. And it sounds like works to me. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah, okay, okay good. Tom. Because because yeah. it always is a choice. So so. Well, okay. So can I say well, something no, real I'll, quick on that? <laughs> something that I every time I wanted to say something to you about that. <laughs> and I think that. Okay, it, well, Jason, hold on for a minute. So what do you what do you want to? You just, don't want to let him finish what you're going to say. Quickly on that. Uh-oh. <laughs> what you're saying is absolutely correct. However, it it cannot be standalone. It, it, no, of course it, it, not. It has to be that self-discipline is only achievable through the abiding with Christ, and that's the wisdom that we're being taught. Right, and then but that self-discipline. Again, you, the Jews couldn't do the Ten Commandments ever. Mm-hmm. Moses said, "This is a blessing and it's a curse, guys." Right. It just says it straight up because you'll never be able to do this. Part. But with Jesus, we can. <laughs> yeah. So Only with Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. You can't yeah. have discipline, and if you don't have discipline, you can't abide properly. But how do you gain, attain the discipline? I, through practice. Well, but, okay. But, so hold on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Jason. What's your hold motivation? On, hold on for a minute. Just okay. So so we digress. Yeah. So yeah, so, so that's what I've heard Jeff no. talk about for the last two weeks. Okay. So what have you heard him talk about? How to get wisdom. Okay. And how difficult that is. All right. And and how to discern. Uh huh. Okay. And I think that reading the word. Is how you get the wisdom. Good. So that there you can discern. Right. But yes. once you get it, it's whether you use it or not. And the only way you can make that choice is through the discipline of saying, I believe that and that's the way I'm going to go. And that leads to ethics and that leads to virtue. And without ethics and virtue, I don't think you can walk and abide. Do you think you need anything else other than ethics and the virtue? The Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, what do you need the Holy Spirit for? To help you discern, get the wisdom. Good. That's okay. why I pray so, about it. All right, no, that's from. good. That's where wisdom comes from, and good. What else does the Holy Spirit do for us? I'm asking you that, or no one else say anything. Um, so what do you? So when you when you say that, he wants that, the best for me. He wants to protect me. Okay. And so, um, I, I, and it's. It's the more I believe that, the closer I can be in the relationship. And what that leads to is my level of trust. Good. So.
so so I guess so you're not just saying oh it just I can just do it all by myself. Oh no way. Discipline. No. I no. need that relationship. I no. need that abiding. In fact, we yeah. can hardly do anything by ourselves at all. Right. Right. We're every time we're put into a situation, it's just to show us how much more successful we would be if we were in cooperation and linked. I'm not too sure we can do anything. Every day. I don't think yeah. we can. So I don't think we can. Every day. Every yeah. day. So every day and everything, right? <laughs> I'd substitute um, the word faith yeah. for discipline. And then I think you got it. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. talk yeah, about what, what do you mean by that when you say that? Discipline is a work. Um, I think faith is, is faith a work? I don't think it is. It isn't. And God's going to give us all of the wisdom we need and, and more if we have faith. You can yep. have all the discipline and have it all li- lined out in an outline and you're following it rigorously and you're an old, crusty guy who's lived a long life and you've learned a lot of wisdom and you're disciplined. But the kid next door who's got simple faith, I think the Lord's going to reward more from you. Uh, I don't all think right. It. Good. So yeah. you guys turn to page 92. Uh, the little guy? Yeah, I know a little guy. <laughs> so page 92. We'll, we're going to get here someday. Um, we'll jump ahead for the sake of it. So this sort of wraps up, I think, what Eric was just saying. So, 15. So, and I like what you said, Eric. Where do we get wisdom? We get wisdom where? I mean, Paul's very explicit. We get wisdom from this. Mm-hmm. Period. Okay, I mean, this is really where wisdom is, wisdom of God, all right? So, we're looking at the word for the wisdom, <laughs> okay? So, Eric, why don't you read 15, 5. Chapter, yeah, 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him. He, right. he no, keep going. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, where 15, 5. 15.5 on page 92. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so go ahead. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from him, That's you can completion. do nothing. Yeah. yeah. And why, why, why is it why is it that we can... I don't know it, why, but that made me think of a fish called Wanda. <laughs> I, I wonder... I, I wonder... I wonder... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the Thank scene. Thank you for apologizing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. Sure, why, it, why is it that it's Jesus that apart from him and abiding in him we can do nothing? Why, why can't we... Why do we know that it is him that we can that we can do nothing. Only through him we can do nothing. Because he's the Without truth. him we can do nothing. He's the truth. He is the truth. Well, but he's God, and and, and we. He is God, he right? Is God. But what what is it that gives us that assurance and that faith to know he is the one that we can abide in? What is it that Jesus the, did? The, the, the word. Yeah, what is it that Jesus did that makes us so we can absolutely know for certain that through him we can... Died for our sins. He was well, he, but he was resurrected, he and he lives, the word. he lives for our life. But he rescued us from 
our sins. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. He, he proved all of his word by his resurrection. Yeah. And again, his, his, that's the, the, his seal, the Father's seal, is on him. What are you looking for, right? So, you guys turn to Hebrews 2.8. The bruise. The bruise? The bruise. You said that. That's what I want to do, I think. Uh, no, sorry, 218. What? 218. And listen to the words that is used here. So, who wants to read 218? I will. Okay, go ahead. For since he himself was tested and has suffered... He is able to help those who are tested. Now, you know what's fascinating about What version is that? Uh, Holy Christian. Okay. All right. Okay. Can you, I want you guys to hear. So go, go ahead and read that again. For since he himself was tested and has suffered, he is able to help those who are tested. And of course, there's... What is, you have yours? Can you look at it? What do you have here, King James? Uh, yeah, but I didn't go to it. Like, verse. But go, go uh, on, go 18. to it. 218. 218. So what is... Um, what? In the ESV, it's tempted. Yeah, so why don't you read the ESV? Go and read the, that. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he, he is able to help those who are being tempted. <laughs> Right, because when we read that before, it's like, yeah, isn't that fascinating? Like, he was led, to he was led into temptation uh -huh. by yeah. the Spirit. The Father right. had him go through that process. That's right. That was part of the deal. That's right. You need to do this in order for, for yeah. us to be able to go through it. When was Jesus tempted? I want you to think about this for a minute. When? Well, when, when he was, was in the wilderness, he was tempted. Okay, three very times. Good. Yeah. And when did that happen in Jesus' ministry? His being tempted early. in the wilderness. Early. early. After early he on. was baptized. In fact, it's actually like in the Gospels, it's like what happens before he actually starts his ministry. It's like he gets tempted, and then he succeeds, and then his ministry starts. Where else is Jesus tempted? In the tempted? garden. Very good, Jason. Yeah. So you see how you've got this inclusio again? Mm -hmm. Where you see Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, at the very, very, very end, he is being tempted to say, you don't have to go through with this. You don't have to do God's will. And, and both of those were temptations of the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Tempt or temptations of the not just the flesh, but Satan. Well, I mean, in, in, ter in terms of his relationship, what was he being... What, what, as God in flesh. The fact that God in flesh could be tempted by the flesh. Right? Yeah, sure. He, he's a man. And so what, what is yours? How does yours read? I'm too interested. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just, you have what? The King James? Yeah. Yeah, I like to hear the King James. Uh, oh, it's good to... Um, when you want me to read. <laughs> That's how it works, dude. <laughs> You're just, just a humble servant. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, mm -hmm. 
He is able to succor, succor those that are tempted. <laughs> And so that's interesting, your version. I almost would like question that. I would almost question it going, but because they're other using the word test, mm-hmm. we're really here is talking about because ultimately what is he saying? Because he was tempted. Mm-hmm. He is the reason. He went through that temptation. He is the reason and the only one who's been through that that we now know we can trust in to know that he is the person that when we are tempted, he is the one, as it says in 2.18, we can go to to help us it goes back to your thing Eric how do we we need help <laughs> you know if we're going to be tempted and we want to not be tempted and we want to avoid that we hear we Jesus says you need help I'm your help yes and the way you get I that help feeling, I know is you abide feeling. in me yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, he yes. suffered being tempted yeah that's what this is. Uh-huh. So Correct. it's not—it's not he can identify with us only because he was tempted. Yeah, good point. It was beyond that. He, he suffered. I mean, he's, on the cross, right? He's, he sweated oh. blood in the garden. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> taking it to the cross too. I would say this is pretty. Uh, yeah, that's significant because when you're tempted, you want something, and if you can't have it, <laughs> it hurts. Because <laughs> I want that. I, you know, it'll make my life better. It'll, whatever. And so, there's a consequence. But, but, there's there's but, also but, the, the anxiety of indecision. But oh. the idea that Christ suffered, alright, is, is unique. Right? And the fact that he did, why does it, why do we have to know that he sweated blood? Right? And why does it say that he, su- that he suffered? Why was he led into that situation? Right? That's, Fascinating. That to me is, he had to go through that as a cleansing process for, for us. The idea that he would actually submit himself into that and him being God, the pain of that actual suffering was that much more. And he did that for all of humanity. That's right. Right. I mean, his, this, <laughs> the pain that he suffered, we can't even not because the crucifixion, all the terrible things, but the the intensity of that suffering. So my question is, we're going to walk out of here tonight. <clears throat> At some point, probably before we meet next week, we're all going to be tempted. At something. How many times? Yeah. Oh, we are. Left. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's a, we figured out that's a test. It's a good not attempt. <laughs> as long as we just eat one eat. Right. So Uh-oh. what do we, what are you going we to do to. when you're tempted? What would Jesus do? Well, what are you going to do? He would do that. Wait, it all depends on whether there's only one cooking <laughs> left or not. You heard him. What? Pray to the Father. Right. Okay, very right. good. Very because that's good. what Jesus did in the garden. Right? Absolutely. Okay, so there's one thing. So I've got one thing down. You pray. Yeah. All right. But you need to pray for wisdom to be able to recognize the temptation. Woo. Or resist. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about, so that, how about well, most of the time? time I just don't even get me that. In fact, that's probably in fact that's probably a good step, Eric. Is Lord. is do we pray in the next week? You can feel it. The spirit's telling you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So in the next week, pray also for the wisdom to recognize when we're being tempted. So exactly. We, so what else? So if you're being tempted, pray. What else? 
ask Satan to remove Satan? himself well, not from Satan. your ask? Satan. Oh, okay. Not ask him. Don't, don't ask. Tell Satan. You don't I, ask I, Satan. I ask Christ to remove. I tell Satan to get get out of my head. Okay. That's what I say. All right. I say, you know, get the behind me. Yeah. Not only that, but get out of town and, in fact, get off the planet. And how should you say, okay, how should you exactly. say that? Exactly. I want to be sort of a little bit, how should you tell Satan to get away Jesus. Get away from me, yeah. get away from me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Very good. You guys hear that? Yeah. You have to say that. You, 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 have, you hear have that? You have to say that. You do, and it acts as talks no about Because my we thoughts no change immediately after. <laughs> Very good. So excellent. So you tell Satan, you tell Satan in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, Lord yes. Jesus Christ, get the frick out of here. You pray. What else do you do this with your tempted? Well, I think you read the Bible. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, read the <laughs> word. The word. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I would tell you, I mean, if you, if you guys have heard for this from me before, but what I am, in my greatest times of temptation, as someone told me this a long time ago, is that I used to have that happen, like, like especially at nighttime, that to get out your word and start in Psalm 1 and just start reading out loud with the passion that Jason read and start reading the Psalms. Because those are God's, Jesus' prayers he wrote that he prayed that we now can pray. That's called Dude. putting on the full armor of God. It, it is, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, you said another thing, though, Tom, that's important, you, about what do we do if we're being tempted? Remove ourselves from it. Okay, you guys hear that? <laughs> Some of the most obvious things. Huh. If you're being tempted, you know flee. Flee. Run. <laughs> Don't go, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm using the classic one. Don't go, well, let me click again, and uh-huh. let's go click again, or whatever, okay? How did it's I get like, to the strip It's line? like, do that to your phone, you yeah. know? <laughs> go stop it. <laughs> but you do. You have Literally. to flee. Flee is one of the things, we, and that scripture tells us that. Flee the word of God. Like, get the heck out of there. Stop it, you know? That's um, why when we're at Heidelberg and some doll shows up, we always say, if it looks that good, it's someone else's problem. <laughs> Run, Forrest. <laughs> I could see that one tail. Also, I'm sorry. I just bet you like this woman walked by at Heidelberg and all a bunch of you guys are in there all of a sudden. you guys come out. <laughs> you well, there's nothing... <laughs> there they go Mark again. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, this guy's <laughs> literal. Back to the beginning. Yes, let's. Yeah, that's and then we'll wrap it up. Yes. We were talking at the beginning about um, the theme of chapter six being Jesus is the bread of life, and then we're talking about how he blew everybody away by saying, you know, you're, now you're going to eat my flesh, you're going to drink my blood, and all like, and. And I was saying I have a hard time getting my head around that. Mm-hmm. And and then I thought of what you said, that much of what we study in, in John, we can go back to chapter 1 and find it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh, for, for me, um, it's in these first few verses. Where, uh, where to start? He came into his own, and his own received him not. Verse 11. 
But as many as received him, to him he gave him the power to become sons of God, even to them that believed in his name, which were born not of blood, mm. nor oh. of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when mm. Jesus said, says, mm. eat my flesh, in chapter 6, he's, if we go back to verse chapter 1, he's saying, eat my word. I am the word. I am the word. <coughs> the word was made flesh. So later on he says, eat my flesh. Wow. You know what? It's funny because I was thinking tonight, oh, maybe I'll ask the question about, do you see anything in this? Did I read through, through it myself before coming up here? All six? And I go, well, I guess I probably won't ask that about chapter one. And I, I, you just showed me what is connected to chapter one. Well, is about the flesh. That's good, Tom. Mm. Really good. So, yeah. so it also kind of makes it more sense in context when, he, when the disciples are like, we can't get this. But if if they heard, if they knew what John was writing in chapter one, they would have gotten it. Of course. Well, I don't know that they didn't all get it. You know, we don't know that. It doesn't say that they didn't all get it. Peter just simply he just it John does, just puts it, it, it says, does, this is a hard saying. It's, yeah. It's a but hard then what saying. does it say at the very end of chapter six, and then we'll wrap it up? Because this is the this is the contrast. At the very beginning, starts out by Philip being tested, right, by God, and then you start seeing this whole thing where this testing gets greater and greater and greater because Jesus is saying harder and harder things. What is the result of that at the end of chapter 6? Judas. That's right. So Judas is the example, but even right before Judas, this isn't just Judas, but what else does it say about what happens to the people? They sit there. They walk no more with him. They what? They walk no more. No more. Wow. Yeah. So you start out with all these people asking for signs and saying, I want to, you know, what a, who is this Jesus and everything like that. And through this is testing. What ends up happening at the end? All these people flee because they can't do it. And the 12 disciples remain. But of the 12, you guys just said, one is going to be the agent of who? Yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. Keep us holy this week, Father. I want to read to you guys. I'm going to close. We'll close. I want to. I did this in a morning prayer. Um, let me get it back up here. Hold on. Um, so I, um, I read this actually last Wednesday. So I think Gil's. I think Gil heard it. Um, so I want as a as a way to close just. Prayer. We talked about what's number one, number, number one ways in which we fight against Satan, fight against temptation. We pray, right? I want to end by praying the oldest known prayer that we have recorded in outside of Scripture. So this was prayed and written down. So it's the oldest written prayer, almost two thousand years old, that we have recorded outside of Scripture. Okay. Do you know it? Yes, Clement of Rome. And Clement of Rome was the bishop of Rome. He lived, listen, from 35 AD he was born. So he was born like right after Jesus died on the cross. And he lived to the time he was nine, to, to 99 AD. 
So somewhere this prayer is written within that first century, which is pretty awesome <laughs> when you think that we can pray a prayer. So who's 133? Is that right? 60, no, it's 77. 64. Yeah. So he was born in 35 AD, lived to 99. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is his prayer, and we'll just I'll just end with us praying. This is a good one for tonight for everything I think. So those we said, help us to set our hope on your name, Lord. You are the origin and source of all creation. You open the eyes of our hearts so we can know you. You alone abide highest in the lofty place. You are holy in the holy. You lay low the insolence of the proud, set the lowly on high, and bring down the lofty. You make the rich and poor give life and death. You alone are the benefactor of spirits and the God of all flesh. You look into the deepest places and see all our works. You help and relive, relieve those who are in peril, and you are the savior of those in despair. You are the creator and overseer of every spirit. We multiply the nations and have chosen out of all who love you through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, through whom you've taught us, honored us, and set us apart. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.